stuck in la la land Even when we win we gon' lose We got the same fucking flows I don't know who is who We got the same fucking watch She don't got time to choose We stuck in la la land We got the same fucking moves Alright, we're back folks Once again live in Greenwood Bonjour, salam, what's up, and welcome to How You Living. Back once again from Chaz Tower, live in the Million Dollar Studios. How you living today, Chaz? No, I'm pretty chill. Pretty chill Sunday. Can't can't complain really. How about you? Uh, not bad as well, man. It's uh definitely mid July now. We're July sixteenth. Right. Uh, right in the middle of our summer, man. We got pretty much as many days left of it as we've passed. Yeah. Moving on through, it's been a warm week here in the Seattle area. Indeed. Uh, you spent any time in any water yet? No. Well, actually, no. I did do a floaty thing on South Lake Union Okay. for a little bit. Nice. So that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to get in the water on these hot days. Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're here live in effect in the studios uh, enjoying what is also setting out to be a good uh, w- weather day, it looks like. so. Indeed. Uh, we're, we're, we're laid back. Uh, a lot of good things coming up. Obviously here in the Seattle area, people just got their ballots for a, uh, kind of a midterm, midterm election essentially, but a local version. Uh, well it's, it's the main local elections. Right. It, right. It's, it's our general election for our city elections. So. And it includes, uh, what are the seats up for grabs? Is the mayor in the May- mayor's up for grabs? Ma- mayor's up for grabs. Probably. Maybe. There's, there's like 20 plus candidates. Okay. And we hopefully will do a comprehensive report of everything we can on next week's episode. So right. look out for that. Uh, uh, and, and then uh, also uh, there's the one guy I know who's like pushing his whole agenda is that he's going to bring the Sonics back. Have you seen any of that media? No, I haven't d- dove deeply into anything Seattle politics because I wanted to sit down and wait for our episode to do anything. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. There's one guy whose like literal platform is like, I'll bring back the Sonics, and it's just kind of funny to have a city of this many people and everything, and be like, that's that's the, your most important issue <laughs> is the local public. You gotta have something. There's I guess people right. out there who are like, I want basketball. Right. Huh? It might work. And then you could be like, go watch the storm. And then there'll be sexes like, that's not basketball. Ooh. Right? Yeah. You know. Yeah. People people have problematic issues. Mm-hmm. But we are here once again on July the 16th for our episode. And uh, typically we start with a uh, a little segment some of us like to call callbacks. And for the final- oh, well, there you go. So it's Jay-Z calling back to our opener. For the final uh yeah callbacks man do you have anything that you got uh left over for cuckoo callbacks uh just that you guys should keep looking out for the american healthcare um america healthcare act that's still you know coming down the pipeline looks like it's losing some steam but it does look like mitch mcconnell's trying to push things through when it comes to um that one in the senate so if you guys want to just you know let let your senators know and everything like that that you don't want it to happen. You should keep just keep on it. And also, if we didn't talk about it, it's not a callback, but it's something we should have talked about last week, and that was net neutrality. Yeah, I guess it's uh, it's definitely back in the news. Uh, what's the uh, the latest um, net neutrality information? 
going on these days. Well, it looks like Algit Pai, the new chairman of the FCC, is really pushing the conservative agenda that uh, this is one of those. This is too much regulation. Because of this, we cannot grow our companies, and we need to be able to get this away so we can grow our companies. But then, you know, advocates for the Internet say, like, if you do that, the Internet won't be free. And it is not a job for an Internet service provider to parcel out the Internet the way they so choose. It's just their job to provide Internet service. Yeah. And he's he's kind of a, a problematic uh, FCC chair because he um, he's really good at kind of delivering this message that's hyper conservatism in its best form, but somehow yeah. to the liberal media in a way that's like almost digestible. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, it's he, super digestible, but he, it's complete bullshit. It's bullshit, everything he says. Because yeah. he talks about that the uh, the status quo of the original system didn't have any problems. Why was there changes made? No regulation was needed. But the regulation was definitely um, knowing that there were internal flaws in the regulatory system at the time and that there were going to be people that were going to take advantage of those flaws. And that's why you create regulation. And now basically he's creating this wolf in sheep's clothing argument that going back to that is fine because it worked fine before, but now those flaws are known. Yeah. And a bunch of these multi-billion dollar companies are going to take advantage of them. Of course. And a lot of them involve privacy of our information. A lot of them involve delivery of the system itself because the purveyors of the system are private and so they can technically throttle the internet just in their own uh ownership realm even though they use some uh federal right of ways to get their infrastructure built um ultimately it's their system and that's kind of the play they're they're basically privatizing the internet by giving them for sure the lack of net neutrality and that's kind of the disguised argument. No one's calling it private internet. If they called it private internet, everyone would be up in arms about it. But by using this kind of vague term net neutrality and making the argument kind of this side argument about privacy, um, for some reason it, it keeps it kind of at bay to a bunch of people who are just willing to kind of ignore it as it happens. You know what I mean? It's a yeah. kind of it's a small sect of people that are even up in arms about it right now, and it's really going to affect everybody. If it happens, I don't think I I think there's enough people like there's enough Internet companies out there saying, hey, this is a thing. Right. But I mean, just even just people in general, like if you ask them like the top five issues that they see in the world today, net neutrality won't come up for a lot of people. Oh, yeah, because it's a lot. There's a lot of other like stuff that's taking up people's circles of concern. Right. But again, net neutrality is one of those things where. I think through John Oliver and through Choice Videos, you don't need a lot of time to engage with it to understand it. So Right. And we're definitely entering a time, though, that we need some engagement. Like, we're definitely in the activism point. Yeah, right no, and now. there's been activism. Yeah, yeah like, there for was, sure. Like, yeah. Facebook was, and Google are siding with net neutrality. Yeah, it's, yeah, of course, they all are. There's some big players. Well, Verizon's not. Well, the, the ISPs aren't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, but everybody who is a business on the internet practically is. So. Yeah. And it was interesting. So I was in the market for internet recently because a roommate who kind of had the account moved out. And so he had to close that account and we had to reopen an account. And it actually took a couple of weeks before Comcast could schedule us, which was just like ridiculous to me because it's like literally mail us a modem. We already have the service yesterday, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I was in the market for a while. And so I walked around to different cellular providers trying to figure out because everyone's offering unlimited, right? Oh, okay. And I kind of had an idea of like, well, how unlimited is unlimited because it's mobile. Mobile internet is better than um, tethered internet. And so- Is I, it? 
Well, no, in the sense of like uh, mobility. Oh, okay, yeah. Just as a quantifier, like if you had unlimited internet everywhere, that's better than one place. But um, as it turns out, because I went there and I was kind of just shopping in the market, there is no real um, uh, internet that's unlimited for like a laptop um, in the the cellular mobile world. They're willing to give your telephone unlimited mobile internet because the way the processor works, it's got a limited amount of um, things it's going to be taking. Whereas your laptop kind of has infinite possibility and you can be watching Netflix while you're like downloading torrents and like there's all kinds of stuff that can be going on and so because of that they don't even offer that plan it doesn't even exist and they talked about how back when the internet was first hitting phones Mm -hmm. when they offered unlimited um, very little information was needed to basically block a cellular tower from using any other person's cell phone except the person downloading at the time. And so cell towers were dropping. So calls were dropping. And so their main cellular customers were complaining. And so they had that's when the limits of internet cr- were created on the, the cellular. And even though they're talking about how 4G and moving into 5G and all that, it actually doesn't have at all the infrastructure that the tethered internet has, like Comcast. And basically Sprint, Verizon, they all told me, they're like, you should call Xfinity. <laughs> they're just like we, we'll offer you something we'll sell you a tablet that's got unlimited but like if you need your house's internet you need to call one of them like we don't have that yet it yeah was, you have to call comcast or wave yeah or CenturyLink here but yeah it was interesting yeah. um but yeah CenturyLink is dsl no one wants dsl right it was interesting just having that conversation though because in my mind kind of the way every advertising is going it sounds like the internet is mobilized but it really hasn't because the, it- the tower technology. If we were satellite, maybe. But the tower technology, towers have limited infrastructure. Actually, satellite internet is shitty. Well, I'm just saying the a satellite can handle more communication than a um, like the towers. The towers themselves have very. That's why they have to build towers everywhere. Is because the tower is kind of a limited capability. Yeah, they have a limited range. Yeah, and so it's like. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 an interesting quantifier that what you don't really know because the way they advertise it, internet is a level playing field. All internet is equal, and as it turns out, not all internet is equal. Well, uh, I think I think that argument has a, a little lack of nuance there because it's not saying because internet happens at different speeds, and that's megabits per second, right? And you could ask someone and have unlimited internet for like five megabits per second. And that internet is relatively slow for how much traffic comes through. Yeah. Or you can have another one that's 75 megabits per second and still and be unlimited. And when it comes to 4G, there like 4G has a limited amount of megabits per second that can go through there, but it's still large enough for you to at least do standard definition movies on streaming services. Only on your phone. Yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. So like on a laptop, for instance, but they but, wouldn't offer that capability. You couldn't stream Netflix on a laptop using mobile. They or you, you could you could but they you, would limit you. And eventually they would actually turn it off to a point where Netflix would complain. It would Netflix would say you're not giving it enough streaming speed to, to offer you its service. That would be throttling. And right. Throttling is illegal at the moment. It's not on mobile. Oh. It's not. That's what I'm saying, man. I literally went into these places and had this conversation with like their engineers and technologists about what it is because I knew I used to work for Sprint. And when I worked for Sprint, I worked when they had purchased Nextel. And mm-hmm. so our division was split between um, CDMA, 
which is the standard cellular tower networks that was developed by Qualcomm, and IDIN, which is a radio network that was developed by Nextel that was just based on radio frequency, and that's why push-to-talk mm-hmm. was a Nextel invention, was because it operated on radio, so they basically just added a walkie-talkie feature. Whereas CDMA, when they added push-to-talk, is software emulating a walkie-talkie. Mm. It's, it's a different process. Um, but uh, that being said, so at that time, we were offering unlimited internet packages, but it was the 1X. And 1X, similar to what you're saying, was a slower data speed, but it also had throttle limits. You weren't going to be able to stream video on 1X. Yeah. You know. Well, and, and we've moved past that, and you can stream, but they basically are, were explaining to me that the devices that have that capability um, are going to be limiting. So they're so going to be tablets. So here's the question. Here's the really big question, because a lot of those companies, all the big four, T-Mobile, Sprint, Verizon, and AT&T, allow you to use your phone as a mobile hotspot, and then you can connect that to your laptop and then cruise the internet that way. Is it throttled in any way in that way? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's th- that's what they were explaining to me. <clears throat> and that the package itself would, you could do it for like 200 a month. For like 200 a month, you could get a reasonable gigabyte package where you could watch streaming movies mobily. You shouldn't need a gigabyte package for that. Well, <laughs> <it's> tr- well <laughs> streaming movie is, is typically, at any definition, is going to be around 500 megabytes for a two-hour movie. And it could be higher if you go higher definition. Yeah, but... So that's... That's like one, five megabits per second. You can still watch a standard no, but, definition movie. But they'll limit, they limit the total data pack, even though it's called unlimited. It's an interesting... Pro- it was an interesting conversation I had. That they actually... I know that T-Mobile <clears> was <throat> theirs. They tell you in the fine print, if you look at their commercials... The unlimited is up to a certain amount of megabytes used, right. and gigabytes, then they yeah. throttle it. Yeah, right. And it's around six to eight typically in the market right now, which is around twelve to thirteen movies. So it's just an in- it's an interesting argument. Whereas, correct, if you go to Xfinity or you go to CenturyLink, you know it is unlimited. It's a real, un- you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's basically what they what they explained to me. They're just like we're not there yet, and they're like technically the way tower technology works, we're not gonna get there. Yeah, and using the current technology. And technically, it's not a lie. It's still unlimited, even if they throttle the amount. Like, what they do is just make your internet slower. Yeah, but but I'm saying, like, services like Netflix will stop working at a certain limit. If it's not getting the megabits you need in order to stream, it'll just stop working. So... There are services that are are rendered useless when when they throttle eventually. For sure, and the cell phones are built mostly to not be because it's a self communicator. Originally, yeah. we're 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 pushing the limits of the device. Actually, clearly. I don't know what Sprint. I know Sprint on their cell phones. I don't. He think said they, that's what they told me. If really? I, they told me I could have unlimited on the cell phone. Yeah. They were like it's real unlimited. Like you can watch Netflix every yeah, day. Yeah, because that's why I spend yeah. like sixty five bucks a yeah. month on my. Sprint they told me that, but they were like, you won't be able to do that with your lap. Like you plug your laptop in, and they're like immediately it'll start. So were you talking about like one of those USB dongle things or just in general their network, their network oh, in general. So oh, it doesn't okay. matter how you access it; it's their network in general. Mm. And and then I went into Verizon because I just went over to North or uh, Northgate over here. But Verizon Mobile and not Verizon the internet provider, not Verizon. Yeah, FiOS? Verizon. Yeah, not FiOS. Wireless. Okay. Yeah, and they and yeah, no, not Verizon FiOS, which yeah is an actual. Uh, official internet provider you know it was it, were, it was verizon wireless because i was looking to go mobile that was my that was kind of my question i'd seen all the ads and i was just like is this possible and it is as long as you're willing to only watch on a phone so 
I was like, that's so, that's not what I was ready to commit to. So they throttle the hotspots then. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And, and they're allowed. And I, they're allowed to. Because they, are they not under title two? Are they not internet service providers at that point? Well, no. The reason they're allowed to is because the nature of their network is um, is in crisis mode. If too many people are using the internet, and because of that, the inter- the cell towers themselves will go down, and that will limit its infrastructure. And that's enough of a caveat to trump any other legislation or legal legality because they can say. Our cell towers need to stay up because communication is vital. And if people downloading internet activity is rendering our cell towers useless, we will limit that and not the communication. And because mm. they're ultimately they're a phone company as much as now. That's kind of what I'm saying is like these devices themselves are mm. like complicating what a utility is, you know, because it's, it's moved from water and power to clearly internet. Well, I mean, you just have to define what a utility is, and a utility is supposed to be something that everyone needs at the same level. So the government facilitates that. Well, that right, and which is it's it's not right. You know, it's I mean, it is to an extent, but it's definitely through private means that we're uh, the the how our internet's controlled right now. Yeah, and I mean, internet is a status quo thing. At least if you live in a large metropolitan area, if you live in rural areas. Not so much because, you know, it's it's harder and there's not a lot of companies building infrastructure out there. Right. But, yeah, there's definitely been talk about, I think, I think Seattle put in a measure in a few years ago making Internet a utility type thing here. So I guess even if Title II uh, goes away on the federal level, they'll still have to qualify it on the state level. So state and I think, yeah. I think, yeah, I think Washington <laughs> will be OK overall. Well, we went into uh, great detail about net neutrality and even yeah. extended into the internet. Uh, we're live in effect in the episode now. Uh, moving into the state, of course, of America. Wrong. What do you mean, Donald <laughs> Trump? Yeah, Donald wrong. Trump. No, you wrong. You wrong. He's wrong always. Uh, what is the state of America today, man? State of America. So I was looking up something when I was watching... Um, State of the Union. I believe that was the Sunday morning political show I was watching last week. And Lindsey Graham on there was talking about uh, Russia sanctions and everything like that. And he said there was a bill that was going to talk about all that. Now, he said the bill passed the House or the Senate and was into the House. So I was looking under Lindsey Graham bills, trying to find one that actually did that. And I haven't, I didn't find one that passed the House. So I'm a little wary of maybe they're doing something... Uh, different but i did found one that um is s341 russia sanctions review act of 2017 so of course this is bill watch and bill watch robo jazz so yeah i'll just read the first part of it this bill provides the following executive orders as effective january 1st 2017 and any sanctions imposed pursuant to such orders shall remain in effect one is executive order 13694 relating to blocking property of certain persons engaging in significant malicious cyber 
enabled activities. Number two, executive orders 13660, 13661, and 13662 relating to blocking property, certain persons contributing to the situation in Ukraine. And three, executive order 13685 relating to blocking, blocking property of certain persons and prohibiting certain transactions with respect to the Crimea region of the Ukraine. So interesting. Mm hmm. Yeah, Congress is moving. I mean, there's definitely uh, in, the, in even in the media, like Fox News. What was it? Uh, uh, Shepard uh, said something against the Trump administration, basically saying like we can't keep stacking lies on lies on lies. Yeah, yeah, and that's what they're doing. And it's it's uh yeah, the there's definitely some uh, changing in the water situation for the Republicans about uh, people willing now to stand up to the Trump administration for their own Republican ideals. Which what we talked about, like when they get away from kind of the social issues, a lot of Republican demands are reasonable demands. Yeah. Know? And it's like on a non-political side, uh, there's a lot of ways we could work with Republicans. We've done it for 200 years, you know. For sure. And it's just interesting that um, the way Trump went about winning, it silenced them for a while. And now they're starting to recognize that they can't just let the executive branch run rampant like that that eventually there has to be a check and balance that way um trump eventually has to seek the leadership of the hill yeah and he hasn't yet you know he's uh, just been saying push it through push, push it, it through. through yeah and, and he, he's been their trumpeter yeah and and even obama knew that the the his ideas were going to get checked through that system and that he would bow to pelosi or or at the time a boner you know, boner. <laughs> yeah, see, it was it was interesting because I remember watching that Frontline interview um, about Obama and what he did in his, like, first year because he had control of the House and Congress. Right. And, and he got bogged down in health care. Yeah, and, and, and basically that's because, like, they had long sessions and everything, but I think that was where you started to see the ideological shift and where there wasn't going to be compromises from the right for the left. Right. And because Paul Ryan, uh, Paul Ryan, you know, the young gun and, you know, fiscal conservative. And he's like, and, you know, this is an entitlement program. So he wants to limit the entitlements because, like he said, he believes uh, that people who are poor won't have enough for themselves to live. And so I'm just like, or no, that, that was an oversimplification. He's saying that poor people who get handouts won't have the motivation to better themselves. That's right. Basically what he says. Right. And of course, statistics says that's untrue. And it also creates this like widespread web of people who use public programs in the wrong way. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it, when Brian is dangerous, you know, yeah, he because he's young, so he's going to be there for a while. He's clearly won elections, so I don't know how competitive his district is. And um, and he's definitely got some kind of out there ideals that he's willing to like fight for. Like his tax plan a few years ago was really it was just innocuous, like Republican speak. But then when you read into it, it was like really harsh on like you're saying, like social programs and like basically eliminating uh help for anything that was involving low income or um in, like breakfasts and meal programs like there was all kinds of stuff 
that he's like eliminate 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 this should be on the local level local level local level and it's like right yeah i i find a lot of uh, conservative uh, values and positions always default from like i feel like sometimes if you're on the left and you care about the government's taking care of the status quo that's kind of where i'm at with most of the things government wise how the government take care of the status quo and yeah. like let let free markets take care of the rest i guess and uh, and then they're always like i like the true libertarians is free market everything um and i think conservatives are of course limited government where i think they're limited is in, like just a bare minimum of the status quo and yeah be- because like i heard once on like left right and center you can make anything a right you just have to make the law that says it's a right and basically uh, the left wants to increase the amounts of rights as we learn that new things are needed and the daily lives of humanities or in our case american status quo and it seems like conservatives are like no that's still too big we gotta we didn't have that before so we don't need it now so how about we just uh what is it let the community take care of that because i feel like there's a lot of on the left that we must do this because it's for the good of the americans and good of for americans and humanity and the conservatives are like well these systems should take care of that and if they don't it's their fault and i'm like i can get that other hand but like you know how the reason why we do regulations is because when you tell a human should sometimes they're like no yeah (laughs) so yeah well um yeah so the hill is uh fighting to get you know some control back uh, and also the healthcare is stalled. It, it, it to some degree might be dead in the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's people that want to start over, and uh, and you know Trump continues to kind of make a mess of the, the presidency. Right, and and I do think they should start over. Like you, and, and here's the thing: you know their bills are bullshit because you can't say that a 171 page bill. It's going to be comparable to a 938-page bill, right. right? Which was their joke before was the length, but the length is about the details. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they're, and they're small. And the other thing that I like to say, and hopefully people get me, me get with me on this, is they need to stop dropping the PP part of the PPACA because everyone is like, what about our protections? What about protections, right? You call it the ACA, which makes people forget it's the Patient Protection American Health Care Act or yeah, Ameri- uh, Affordable Care Act. Yeah. And, and and I find that like that a little subtle distinction in people not remembering that just a little annoying because that's one of the biggest things that it did. Right. And one of the biggest things that people are looking at this new this new bill and going no nah, man like we like the fact that we can't be discriminated against because of pre-existing conditions right and and then their plans that they have now like the ted cruz amendment that came out where he's saying like no they'll have one plan and that'll be non-discriminatory and then the other ones they can have like an a la carte or a freedom method and you know people who want to save money just to have it are going to go with the small ones right and because they don't share pools <clears throat> or at least like Ted Cruz said they would share pools, then it would be fine, I guess. But even, but inherently, the way it's worded, they don't share pools, and that everyone's saying that causes a death spiral. 
Yeah. So I think what they should do if this bombs and McConnell can't get it through, which I don't think he sh- he is unless he can, you know, grease the wheels or give favors to the right people um, and have the Republicans and the Democrats say that the two biggest thing, the three biggest things that are plaguing healthcare, if you want to still do it in this capitalist method, is the fact that the healthcare healthcare providers discriminated against um pre-existing issues because they knew it would cost them more money right and and right and you know maybe the free market shouldn't be a hold of something like that because only greed and thinking about profit will take away from the health and quality of someone's life and some people think that's okay because money runs everything but you know progressives we don't and uh, and then the the next one is kids understanding that in order to be and I like the reason why kids being able to stay on their health plan until they're 26 is because, yeah, you go to college from 18 to what, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, and then you get out, but you're finding out a bachelor's degree is not enough. So you got to get a master's and that takes another two years. So you're like 23, 24. Then you're on the job hunt. It's highly competitive. So getting off your parents insurance at 26 makes sense because the amount of learning you have to be competitive in this, uh, new market takes a long time to get the education for so why wouldn't you if you're trying to increase the economy of the next year not allow for students or just people who are still trying to find their way in the world to not have to worry about health care and and then the other one is the reason so like the different markets and i guess it was one of two things one the the medicare thing being an option and a lot of the states that took an ideological stance against it by not taking it are one of the reasons why it's easy to impose that it's failing. And I think the other one is the fact that you have to figure out a way to incent like everyone conservatives right, rightfully show are saying, oh, yeah, the government is allowing you or forcing you to choose because in order to get people on the market. They were, of course, incentivizing that you had to have insurance or you had to pay a fine. And and I understand the methodology of that. If anybody who is still confused is the fact that if you're forced to pay in, then there's enough money in the pool. And then, you know, the younger people are supposed to take care of the older people. That's the way it's supposed to work. That's how it worked in Mitt Romney's thing in Massachusetts. I guess Massachusetts is more of a wealthier state, so they could handle that. And, you know, younger people there... they have a low what's it called unemployment rate so there it, it totally makes sense and but worldwide uh or not worldwide i should say nationwide uh there just wasn't enough young people putting in money and because there wasn't enough young people putting in money into the system the larger companies didn't have enough money to pull into the pools they were losing money from those various pools so they pulled out so they could save money and and they're able to pull out because in the build you only need one silver level plan per exchange and those silver silver letter uh, level plans because there's so few people who are on uh, the, the exchanges that's the reason why the deductibles are so high yeah because they have to have some some way to pay for it yeah right so so that is the system like right there that's where it's fucked up so you have to ask like what is going to incentivize a young person to buy insurance when they quote unquote feel like they don't need it so it can help fund those things and and i think the 
the cruise amendment talked or, or it might have been the cruise amendment or it might have been another previous amendment that talked about how if you got off of uh insurance and then you got back on you had to pay extra premiums because you weren't paying into the system and that makes sense but you with that you never know when someone's going to get back on it you don't know if someone's going to get back on it um and then go off it again like there's people like with that sort of thing where you give them the ability to make a la carte plans you can you can game the system you can be like this year i'm having a baby and then like let me get the plan that allows me to have a baby right. and then the next year it's like oh i don't have a baby anymore let me take that off so that's gonna lead to weird disparity uh, disparities in their revenue because you know they like to track consistency and everything like that so well moving into something <laughs> a little more fun because <clears throat> healthcare is great and we need to stay healthy and we need to fight the Republicans on their stripping away the private and public protection act parts of it where we're actually like saving people's lives. But since we can't do everything in one podcast, <laughs> I will take a moment to bring in some fun because ranker.com has decided to list what they consider the best of the Saturday morning cartoons of the eighties and nineties. Oh my God. And I have a lot of feels about this because some feels too. Those are, those are some big ones. So, uh, you know, just off the top of your head using that category, what are, what are some, uh, uh, your favorites you can remember um, and I'll, I'll list a few off of here and I'll give you their rank if they're on there. But starting with the eighties, uh, clearly I, I remember one that stood out to me was inspector gadget. Oh yeah. I forgot that was from the eighties. Yeah. 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 Brain, the, the helpful pup dog that, that, that kind of always saved the day. Right. You had Penny yep. who, who was the real like superhero. Of right. The, show. the resourceful detective you know, girl. To some degree you'd say the uh, inspector gadget passes the Bechdel test. You know what I mean? She was she was on her own. She wasn't just talking about some man. Well, the Be well the Bechdel <laughs> test. You need to at least have two women in there, so not quite. She uh, uh, there's probably an episode or two. Yeah, where she enlists the help of uh, of somebody, uh, and we don't know the gender of uh, of the, <laughs> the, uh -huh. the scary like hand character that's oh like, yeah that's true the cat. Uh, what are some other what are ones that you can think of? Uh, uh, maybe let me see. Maybe go to the ones that were probably pretty popular first before I go to the obscure ones. Right. But of course, I think we mentioned it before. X Men, the animated series, is ranked eleventh. Okay. It's a ranked eleventh. Um, Inspector Gadget, by the way, tenth, just oh, above it. So we we're right. We were right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder where they have Bobby's World on there. If they have that. Let's see if they have good old Bobby's world yeah because that was an interesting like her mom or his mom was from minnesota she was always like don't you know they didn't so they don't have that one on the list oh. but uh definitely a fox show i remember it had uh our man uh uh what is it howie mandel yeah that's right voicing uh the the bobby character Bobby's world, right something like that mm -hmm. yeah that was a good one uh they didn't get it on the list so i'm sorry it dropped off that was all good. Uh, nah, I guess that was a little bit more obscure than I was trying to lead off with. Nineties. Uh, uh, I definitely enjoyed Batman the Animated Series. Oh fuck yes. Yeah, which uh. they have listed here dun, dun, at fourth. Dun, dun. Fourth. At the fuck is above it? <laughs> uh, well, since you asked, oh, the shit. third Ducktales. <laughs> okay, I'll give them that. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, number two, and this one's kind of an unfair category because this is a wide berth, but. Looney Tunes. 
It's listed second because in the eighties and nineties they made new cartoons. Yeah, to add to the old collection of the thirties ones. Shit. Okay. And so they think some of those were good. Um, Mel Blanc was still alive. Yeah. Listed right now number one. Oh gosh. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Interesting. That was a pretty good cartoon. Yeah. It was probably almost the best representation of the franchise. You know, the movies were good. They were bigger than life. But that the cartoon ran for like 10 years, right? It, it it definitely, that one started the the four colors ensemble trope that you see in a lot of things. Like like the one person. And like, like Power Rangers lead, yeah, and all that. Yeah. Like the leader, the person who undermines the leader, the super smart person, the wild person. Yeah. Like that was the one that introduced them as those archetypes because it's original comic book run was just all of them being gritty and brutal. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there was definitely a personification change when they came. Uh, number five on here, they've got Tom and Jerry. Okay. Also, I think kind of a that's kind of a wide berth, you know, because you've got the problematic ones. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry on there are nostalgia wank in a way. Uh, six. They're <laughs> listing He Man and the Masters of the Universe, which is I, yeah, an eighties one it. swinging in there. Yeah, you know, I like it. Solid cartoon. Also, probably the best representation of the franchise because that movie was weird i don't even know if it had anything to do with it really which it was like movie masters of the universe oh yeah no that was about he-man yeah but it was like f- future it was super weird uh seventh they've got animaniacs which yes i'm, I'm super Time into for animaniacs. and what partner cartoon happens to be the one in eighth pinky in the brain you're close. I'll what? Pinky in the Brain's further down. But Fuck out of here. Tiny Teen Adventures. The, oh, Which okay. invented Pinky in the Brain. Animaniacs invented Pinky in the Brain. But yeah. Tiny Toons and Animaniacs definitely had kind of a... Yeah, they had similar vibes to trade. each other. Pinky in the Brain listed 13th. Ooh, okay. Which the, you've got in between it, you've got the Jetsons at 9. Okay. Inspector Gadget 10, p- previously mentioned. X-Men 11, previously mentioned. 12, solid 80s cartoon, Thundercats. I was waiting for that to be on there. Like, you can't have a nostalgia Saturday morning cartoons without, like, classic Thundercats. Directly below Pinky in the Brain, Transformers. Transformers, robots in the sky. And then the second appearance of a Disney afternoon cartoon. Ooh, Recess? No, no. Pepperan? Disney afternoon. So, oh, oh, Disney After Room. Oh, so that either has to be Darkwing Duck or Goof Troop. Chippendale Rescue Fuck Rangers. Fuck out of here. Oh. Yeah. oh, that one's good, too, though. Yeah. I like it. I then like you got it. the Bugs Bunny show, which, once again, wide berth. Like, Man, can we stop it with the nostalgia wink? I know. <laughs> Garfield and Friends, which... Oh, shit, I forgot about I that. I forgot about that one. Oh, shit, that was my jam for a little bit. The Smurfs, oh, solid cartoon. The Real Ghostbusters. Yeah, it was pretty great. Yeah, like, like Slimer as a buddy character. As a bu- yeah. Then the previously mentioned Darkwing Duck holding yes. holding at the twentieth spot. Okay. Uh, How big is this list? Uh, I mean, I could go forever. Uh, Scooby Doo, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Flintstones, okay. Spider Man, GI Joe, Ooh. Ooh. Muppet Babies. Fuck yes, Muppet Gargoyles. Baby. Tailspin, previously mentioned Rugrats. Fraggle Rock. Is that a cartoon? Fraggle. 
Because there was like a live action kind of thing. It, like, it was Muppets. Yeah. So I guess like it was still children's television. <laughs> 31st, they've got Schoolhouse Rock, which is kind of funny. Because <laughs> that was just like little bits in between cartoons that they Lolly, play. lolly, lolly, get your adverbs here. Uh, it gets a little obscure from here, but they're good. Uh, Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Voltron Solid. Fuck yes. That's the best, man. Uh, Disney Adventures of the Gummy Bears. Oh, yes. The original season of Disney Afternoon. That was yes, that's what let it off. Dairy. And courageous and, and caring. Then you get some uh, Cartoon Network I- influence, Dexter, Dexter's Laboratory. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, the Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Oh, oh yeah. yeah gotta get car- up. Yeah. Gotta get going. I want to see a friend of mine. Care Bears. Oh, yes. Captain Planet. <laughs> yeah. Now, see, now we're going to my wheelhouse of shows. I know. Yeah. Then they've got another wide berth one, Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner. Oh, like yo, shit. Looney Tunes, yo, yeah, like <laughs> taking up too many slots, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, like they're just like fan wink, yeah. Like okay, you yo, just put Looney Tunes under tw- like one whole jaw. Tweety okay. Bird and Sylvester, <laughs> yo, Tasmanian Devil, yo, <laughs> right, Speedy Gonzalez, yo, yeah. right, Marvin the Martian, <laughs> yeah. like all right, no, I know. Uh, pup named Scooby Doo. Yes, Scooby Dooby Doo, Scooby Dooby Doo, Scooby Dooby Doo, Scooby Dooby Doo. Doug. Yes, Magic School Bus, Pokemon. Oh, Magic School Bus and Pokemon. Oh shit. Yeah, Magic School Bus. through the skyways. Did you know the theme song of that song was sung by Little Richard? Really? Yeah, the Magic School Bus one. Okay. On a Magic School Bus, navigating Tutti Fruity School Bus. Uh, Adam's Family, the cartoon. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, Where in the World's Carbon San Diego. Yes, I was hoping that was going to be on the list. <laughs> Which includes Rockapella in the listing of characters. Because Rockapella, the... No, okay, that list is fucked. No, N- let me explain. <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry, w- whatever this person is, we're, we're putting your list on blast right now. Because R- you... you, you like ranker.com you found the wrong nerd okay um but because rockapella was in the game show yeah rockapella is in the game show but they're listed on here so they must do like the theme song or something no like no the theme song is like where in the world is san diego carmen san diego where on earth can she be like it, 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 it's <laughs> Okay, okay. And, and there is like, dude, on the scene and on the round, from the scene to Carolina. Like, is that one from the game show? They're two completely different shows. And this one, uh, they had uh, agents of Acme that would be chasing her around the world. It was a brother and sister. The kid brother was, you know, kind of a doofus. And the older sister was the one who was always giving him shit. And yeah, no, that show was my jam. Both of those shows were my jam. But you know what? Don't disrespect Ling Thigpen as the chief. Rest in peace. So that controversial pick is followed by Snorks. Oh yeah, can go along with the Snorks. Fat Albert, a little bit problematic these days. <laughs> <laughs> it's Fat Albert, and I'm gonna sing a song for you. Rocco's Modern Life. Oh my god. <laughs> the quickly forgotten but interesting Super Mario Brothers, the Super Show. Yeah. Which had a Link su- saga that would contain into yeah, it. Once excuse in a while. me, Princess. <laughs> <laughs> Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. The no, cartoon, no. right? There was there's, there's no Mighty Morphin Power Rangers cartoon, so, so they're throwing in any like live action children's show too. I guess that's is that is that what happened? Because that's like weird. Fraggle Rock is yeah, Muppets, Muppets. And so they're doing that Powerpuff Girls. Oh, oh yeah, Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats is oh the official God, name. Yes. Heathcliff, Spider Man. Oh, fuck, I need to find that theme song. I Woody forgot. Woodpecker Show, which had one of my favorites, Chili Willy. 
the penguin was like a side character. Uh, Charlie Brown, Pink Panther, Super Friends, Daffy Duck Show, Rocky Bullwinkle, Dragon Ball Z, Mask. Remember Mask? Oh my God! It was like an off-brand Transformers kind of like they. Well, they had like weird vehicles that they rode in. Oh yeah. And then the comics came uh, three-dimensional. You would wear 3D glasses when you read them. Oh yeah, that's right. Dungeons and Dragons? I do not. Yeah, remember. there was a Dungeons and Dragons one. Flintstone it was cheesy. Kids. Yeah, I remember that too. Oh shit, they've got Full House on this list. You're right. I am calling foul. Fuck them. Superman <laughs> animated series. Yogi Bear. Bernstein Bears. Hey Arnold. Freakazoid. Oh, Freakazoid. Danger Mouse. Arthur. Family Matters. Okay, yeah, I'm closing it. <laughs> Yo, and then as a joke, I said it earlier, but at 86, they've got Tasmania, the Tasmanian Devil Show. Yeah, right. fuck out of here, Ranker. Ranker, you're done. Like, what the? Look at you tripping. So that was our, <laughs> our trip down memory lane. Uh, do you have any main topics you want to lead to the people or anything to help grow their brain? I do have a main topic. I just want to play the Heathcliff um, oh, yeah. theme song first. Do it up. I'm ready. Uh, we are watching. Perhaps we're gonna we're gonna skip the advertisement so mm-hmm. that we hear live. Mm-hmm. Remember, a little nostalgia. That bass, right? <laughs> Add even the fucking key change and everything. How long <laughs> is the intro? It's about a minute. <laughs> That's so funny, is man. He divided with you. So, identity politics. Yeah. That's like some of the people I've been watching online and stuff from, I guess, the online SJW versus anti SJW side whenever they seem to be commiserating with each other two of the like anti-sjw's they always go when the sjw's are always talking about identity politics and i don't understand why they keep trying to shoehorn it into every single con- conversation that we're trying to have and i feel like their position doesn't take enough of a nuanced look at identity politics because they they really talk about it as like well they'll say when i'm talking to you and uh, i'm getting to know you as a person uh yeah everything's fine and good i'm like yeah because identity politics isn't really addressing interpersonal interactions they're talking about extra personal interactions and extra personal interactions that happen from people making preconceived judgments and based on things you didn't control in those aspects of your identity, yes, you in the right kind of world, people shouldn't make those judgments. But that's not how our brain works. So, right. like, if people, like, our brain, if you want to notice how some people call it the monkey mind, some people call it the reptilian brain, 
based on what I've learned about it. I always refer to it as the limbic system, as you've heard of me say from all those times, but that's the root of it. And when we're talking about identity politics, we mean like, how does the collective conscious look at my identity from the jump? Not how do I view you as a person, regardless of your identity, after you've talked to me for five minutes, and which is totally two different things. And when they can, and when they present it as the latter, when identity people who are presenting identity politics as the former, it kind of just loses the conversation there at that point. So kind of that's all I really wanted to say. Uh, I get it, I didn't have any like long spiel or anything. I just feel like that's a common way it's presented. And I feel as though it doesn't look at, you know, implicature and what implications a framework of something looks like and what past experience of that framework has coded into your brain for you to react to it in a certain way. Right. And that's what identity politics is at its core. Yeah. And, and, and you know, people need to be able to choose that, you know, for themselves as they enter instead of be assigned and like declared and whatnot. Exactly. So, well... Uh, we have uh, fulfilled our obligation to the people to let you guys know what's going on this week. Uh, anything else uh, to help people grow their brain or any, uh, um, obviously in the Seattle area, keep an eye out for your ballot, read it up. We'll yeah. give you guys some more of a uh, synopsis on what's going on here locally next week. Indeed. Um, the elections themselves are being held, you said, in August. So uh, the... The primary election, the ones that we are able to pick two candidates out of each field to go into the general election, we'll have in August, August 1st, 2017. If you were just moved to the Washington area or the Seattle area and you still need to register to vote, you have until July 24th. Um, we're recording this on July 16th. We'll probably be up on July 16th yeah. or 17th. And so when you listen to it, do that. And then you should be getting your pamphlets in the mail as well, too. If not, you can go to one of the election centers and get a pamphlet yourself. The pamphlet will go over like their statements and what they feel. We'll go over some of the statements as well, too. Um, I have a survey going out there trying to figure out what the big issues are for everything. So if you have any issues that you want to know what the candidates are thinking about, always drop me a line on CRSII at Twitter and just put in the hashtag C-Town elections or whatever. And you can hashtag put in C-Town mayor on there, too. Yeah. Get me in there at C-Town mayor on the Twitterverse. Uh, I'm your local municipality by the C's commander-in-chief why not and i guess just a small segue into that when i the most recent episode of decode dc that i listened to where it was talking about a coalition of women who are ramping up to start running in a lot of these upcoming elections especially the governorships and the the congressional house seats that are coming up like the 400 like i think every single house seat is coming up so there we that, go and yeah. that is gonna so if you're a woman and you feel like 45 got elected so fuck this shit then go go run for office because yeah. anybody can do it it's it's grueling of course but like the setup there's support systems out there there's the indivisible thing that we talked about at the beginning of this podcast experience if you have the time and the ability to do it then go for it because there's a limited amount of people out there that have that capability mm -hmm. and so if you do and you think it's not right for you but you have these issues that are in mind honestly we need you right like, that's the reality of of our public government it needs to be of the people by the people exactly and not some higher class of citizen that is like special it's everybody exactly civic engagement is like we have the system this pe i don't i what i want to see right now is i feel like a lot of com people complain that the system doesn't work 
but that's because i feel like we're not working the system yeah and uh, to, to some degree exactly the system is broken uh-huh. but we do need to do our part in order to fix it exactly fill in the cracks and that's why we're here it's true we're just another cog in that wheel exactly Chaz, it's been fun. Of course. Take care of yourself the rest of this week. You Uh, too. We'll see you all next week. Peace. Peace.